Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, church family. Thank you for... Oh, baby. We're sneaking up on John this morning. <laughs> um, over the last few weeks, if you guys will remember, we've been, um, as part of our budget process every year, we, we allow for a, a Christmas bonus in that budget for all of the staff. But intentionally, we leave two guys off of that. And these two guys are John and Tyson. And um, through your guys' generosity, um, we are able to give them uh, Christmas bonus this morning, and we'll give that to them today. But, but more than anything, I, I think of um, God's really put on my heart lately. If you look in Luke uh, chapter 2, where it talks of the angel coming and speaking to the shepherds in the field and, he, and telling them of what good news of great joy, and it will be for all the people. And I look at these two guys and, and, and how they proclaim the good news of great joy. To all of us, and we want to say thank you. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, church family. And speaking on behalf of Tyson, Shelley, and Tam, it, it is a joy to get to serve the Lord together with you and to call you home, to call you family. And, and uh, so thank you very much. Yeah, and thinking the way home. Um, Images that come to your mind, I hope as you think about home, you have a, just a happy, warm memory. I know sometimes home can be a hard thing for us as the effects of the fall hit our homes, but uh, it, there's always a, a memory of home that, that comes to my mind this time of year that just brings a smile to my face. When it was high school, we grew up, our home was not far from here, it was right down Mackey Road on 930 Sunset Drive. And I remember stepping out into the bitter, cold, dark night after a long, hard day of high school basketball practice and all the concerns that, that fall on a high school student's shoulders and trudging across that snow-covered prairie um, from the high school to, to Mackey Road and just chunk, chunk across that, carrying all the weights of the world and the, just the winter, bitter cold. But then feeling my feet hit that concrete of Mackey Road. And, and then I would cross Mackey Road and then begin the descent down 930 Sunset Drive toward home. And I could see the porch light, you know, gleaming in the night, just beckoning me to come on home. And then when I neared the driveway, you could see the picture window. There were Christmas tree lights that Dad would have out in the front on the bushes. But there was the Christmas tree in the window. And our dog, who was the welcoming committee, perched up on the couch until every last member of the family was home waiting there and I, inevitably I'd see mom you know scurrying back and forth with uh, dishes of I knew oh man mashed potatoes and gravy and what have you getting the, the table set for dinner and all those worries that I felt concerns of the world would evaporate as I opened that door to smell fried chicken <laughs> and then to hear a volley of welcome home John and take my place at the table and spend the next few minutes listening to our brother Rod tell funny stories and uh, enjoying the meal that, that Mom and Mindy had often prepared. Home. 
a place of refuge, a place of love, a place of laughter, a place of nourishment being restored. But there comes a sad moment in each of our lives when we realize, I can't go home. Home as we knew it, home as we treasure it, home as we enjoy it, is ever-changing, isn't it? The relentless river of time is ever carrying us on from one season to the next, forcing us to say goodbye to the home that we know and love. For home is not so much a place as it is the people in that place. And who they are in that moment of time. It does us no good to look back with homesick hearts and wish for what was. We know that's the recipe for really a fast, pra- fast track to despair, depression, and, and uh, mental health breakdown, to, to hang on to the past. We can't go back. And so we learn um, how to treasure home as it is in this moment, appreciate what we enjoyed in the past, but treasure this moment, and also look forward to the home that will be, so we learn to adapt. But even as we treasure home in this moment, (laughs) we know it's going to pass, and it adds to the ache that we feel when we miss home as it was, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard to even verbalize But it's there, isn't it? Do you feel that? But then we hear Jesus say to us, as we step into a relationship with with the living God through faith in Christ, we hear him say in John 15, don't let your hearts be troubled. You trust in the Father, trust in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I told you this, I'm going to prepare, I will come back and take you to be with me. In my Father's what? House. Our many rooms. And we realize that this longing that we feel for home is actually a beckoning to another place. God has put eternity in our hearts. And Jesus said, I have come to show you the way home. Thomas said, we don't know how to get home. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so we look forward to this home. He says, we're, not, we're citizens of another land. We, we don't set our hope on this place, but we set our hope on home. And uh, we fill up with hope, and, but, but we say, okay, but what about today? What about today? And what about this ache that I have in my heart for home? And then Jesus says at the end of chapter, or midway through chapter 14 of John, I have another promise for you. And as you make your way across this cold, dark, bitter cold prairie we call life here, on your way home, here's my promise. If you love me, John 14, 23, you'll you'll keep my word and my Father will love you and we will come and we will make our home with you. What a gift God has given us. In this Christmas season, we're celebrating the reality that even though we're not home yet, we, uh, we can be at home with the Father. And when God is at home with us, we're, um, He satisfies those longings that we have for love, for uh, intimacy, for nourishment. And along the way, wherever we may be, if He's there, it's home. 
And so as a church family this season, we're, we're taking a step into his presence. Each week we're following a prayer path into his presence to really unwrap this promise of, of being at home with the Father. And so week one we talked about as we kneel before him and as we enter his presence to see him as our Savior and to uh, respond with confession. As we understand, we talked about kneeling at the cross and remembering his sacrifice for us on the cross that he came with a love that cannot be measured to die in our place and promises a relationship with God, forgiveness, and a, a relationship with the Father through faith in him. And it leads us to, to uh, the joy of our salvation, which is re- realized as we confess our sin and live confessing our sin. And when we're, we realize that we've done wrong in his eyes, we're quick to confess, and he's faithful to forgive us and lead us back into that intimacy Then last week we looked at the reality that he is king, and we moved from the cross into his throne room, and we knelt before him, and just remember that he is king of kings and lord of lords, and and, uh, king of this universe, king of creation. Wasn't it cool how we talked about how he'll take uh, water, which is a liquid, drop the temp down to 32, and then go frozen and just blow us away, and Sunday night he did that for us, and into this week just watching his... Um, just his glory seen in creation. And this is where we honor him as king. We honor him in his creation. We honor him in his majesty. The uh, Psalms say, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And so this is where we just say, wow, thank you. And then we surrender to him. This one's for you. And we follow him in that way. Well, today is a, we move, take one more step. And this is a, a really neat place. And really, I think if you, could pick one message and say this is heartbeat of the message series this would be it and this is where we enter the presence of of God as our father and we take our place at his table so we walk out of the throne room into the dining room or the banquet hall and we we take our place at the father's table and there's a fitting response that we'll get into here as we we dig into the text but today we um, one of the ways we, we hope to simulate this is in the back, we've kind of, Wes has set the gym up kind of like a home, and there's a Christmas tree in the middle, and there's seats, and there's, uh, appreciate Jim and Joan preparing egg casserole and donuts and uh, breakfast. So on the way out, feel free to, to grab all that, but just to remind us, we're gathering at the Father's table, and we'll, uh, what is our uh, fitting response and, and uh so as we picture this, imagine your own, in your mind, your own dinner table or a table you enjoyed a meal with the family. Maybe you'll be enjoying that come Christmas or maybe it's Christmas past. But picture a table where your family's around it and there's the food's already out and it's hot and it's good and there's lots of it. Except as you look in front of you, there's an empty plate. So um, what do you do about that empty plate? That's where we're at today, and Jesus is going to walk us through what it looks like to, uh, to pray as we enter the Father's presence, take our place at the table. So Luke chapter 11 will be the text that we're in today, Luke chapter 11, and we'll just begin reading verse 1. We pick it up. He says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, and aren't you glad this guy asked Jesus to, to do this? Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to him, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come. And so there we see that the honor that we were at last week. But when we hear, see the word father, to us this is familiar, but to those listening in the first century, this would have been a shock. Did you just say father? Later we see in Mark where Jesus is praying in the garden where he uses the, the, the uh, Aramaic word Abba, which is even more intimate than father. And what Jesus is doing here is stripping away the formality inviting us into the intimacy that he enjoyed with his father as he spoke with him son to father. He's teaching us to let our conversation, or as we enter the presence of the Lord, as we take our seat at his table, to look to him as a father and let our conversation be familiar like a child would be to speaking to the dad that he knows or she knows and loves and is comfortable talking, talking to. Max Licato in his book, Before Amen, shares a moment that captures the essence of, of coming to God as our father, where uh, it uh, focuses on his daughter, Jenna, who was 13 at the time. It was a piano recital, and she was a very good musician, but you know, every, we all have our bad day. Well, she happened to have her bad day at a piano recital that was packed with people. And he describes this moment. She started well. She was Billy Joel in the Keys um, when her musical train jumped off the tracks. And he writes... I can still see her staring straight ahead, fingers stuck as if in super glue. Just couldn't remember what she was going to play. So she backed up and took another run at it, but no luck. She's stuck and trying to remember the song. And mom and Max are, are thinking, come on, honey, you can do it. Keep trying. Don't give up. It'll come. Finally, her mental block um, broke and, and she was able to finish the piece, but the damage had been done. She stood up from the piano bench, chin quivering, curtsied, and the audience gave her a, a compassionate applause, and then she hurried off the stage. Mom and I scurried out of our seats to meet her at the side of the auditorium. She threw her arms around me and buried her face in my shirt. Oh, Daddy, well, that was enough for me. <laughs> Mom and I sandwiched her with affection. If a hug could extract embarrassment, that one would have. At that moment, I would have given her the moon. All she needed to say was, oh, daddy. And so it is with our father in heaven. How does he desire that we come into his presence? And it's as a, a child who is quick to run into the presence of his father. The gift of Christmas, the treasure that Jesus came to give us, is the chance to be Abba's, Abba's child. And it is true, as we looked at last week, that our God is, he's the king of the universe, and yet he desires to relate with us and for us to relate with him with the familiarity of a, a, a child and their father. And say, well, this is hard. How, how do we do this? And I know the, the, his holiness and this infinite gap, um, it, it makes you want to, when you understand that, actually... There's some fear there, and, and appropriately so, but how does this happen? How, how, do, how can we run into his presence and, and just as, you know, as a child would run into the Father's presence and, and just talk? How does that happen? And what's so neat is he makes this available through a gift that he's given us, and it's the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul's version of the Christmas story, if you want a short version of the Christmas story, it's in uh, Galatians chapter 4, and in this he describes this gift 
If you would, uh, join me there at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul says this, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem or to purchase those under the law, the law being the law of Moses, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Important concept here that Paul develops in Romans is the uh, sonship in this culture meant as a son, you received all the legal rights as a son. The son in this culture versus the daughter would receive the rights. So even if you're female, um, you too are a son of God in a sense, in that in Christ you receive the, the legal rights, all the legal rights of his child. But, but here it comes. Because you are his sons, God sent his, the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. How do we enter the presence of God and, and just um, talk to him as we take our place at his table? It's through this indwelling Holy Spirit who calls out, helps us call out, Abba, Father. Verse 6, he says, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are God's child, God also made you an heir, meaning all that he owns, all the son owns, you own as well. He develops this again over in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, where he says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, the gift that we receive is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And this is a, one of those mysteries, how could God dwell in me? It, it's, um, he does, and his, his ministry is multifaceted to us. The indwelling Holy Spirit does you think about what, what does he do for us? Lots of things. He, he promises he will teach us, lead us into truth. He uh, convicts us when we're off and helps us get back on track with the Lord. He uh, encourages us. He comforts us. Later in Romans, it even says when we don't know what to pray. When you are in those moments where you're like, Lord, I don't even know how to pray, what to pray. I don't have the strength to pray. It says he intercedes for us. He prays even through our groans intercedes to the Father according to the Father's will. But here's a ministry that the Holy Spirit does for us that may be one of the most precious. He says, hey, John, Isaac, Jim, you know, Tanya, cry Abba, cry Abba. She come into the Father's presence to say, Dad. And, and as we say, Dad, what, what, what's what else guides our conversation? And Jesus goes on in this text. He says this, the, uh, back to John, or, uh, Luke 11, verse 2. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And then verse 3, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Verse 3 is where we'll put a spotlight. Give us each day. Our daily bread. The action step today as we enter the Father's presence, take our place at His table, is simply this. To ask. 
for, for what it is we need that day. The word, the uh, idea there of give us each day our daily bread. Bread represents the resources that we need to live. So these are maybe physical resource, actual food, spiritual. It may be emotional. It may be financial. It may be uh, relational, whatever it is. What's the lack? As you look at your life, what, where is your plate empty? And as you come in to, to uh, meet with the Father, you simply see the emptiness in your, on your plate and you say, Father, would you give me what I lack? Would you provide this what I lack? And notice it's daily bread, which reminds us, what, what did Jesus say? How are we to take life as his followers? One day at a time, 24 hours. So don't worry about asking for what you need for tomorrow. What do you need today? And say, Dad, Father, would you please provide this for what I need today? And, and when he says daily bread, as if, if you've studied Scripture, what's, the, what's he reminding us of? To give us hope and encouragement. He froze this moment in time. It was his people who, remember when he provided daily bread for them in the wilderness? How much were they to take each day of that manna that would, would come down from heaven? Enough for a week? Enough for a month? One day at a time. Why? Why daily bread? And as we come to the Father in prayer, why just ask for what we need today? Why the daily bread? What's the greatest danger for us? Even greater than running out of resources, running out of food. It's our tendency towards self-sufficiency, right? To, to think, I got it. I got enough saved up. I got enough abilities. I got enough. I don't need you, God. And we go day after day without meeting with him at his table. And he said, guys, what's the truth? We need him every day. And so to help us with this, he says, as you pray, pray daily. Just, what do you need today? And, and ask me for that. And so as we come to the Father's table, we come asking. The action step of today is to enter the Father's presence, see the empty plate, and then ask Him. Be asking. Now, does anyone have a prayer list? Anybody have a prayer list? I, you know, if... Uh, God calls us to pray, and so we make a, I, I know at least I make a list. And I've got a list of things I pray, like 15 things I pray every day for my soul. Lord, would you fill my plate, my soul up with boom, 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 boom. And then I have the other list, which is for all the people in my life, family, church, staff, uh, extended, you know, community, all this in this prayer list, right? And so we're faithful to pray. But what does the prayer list often become? <laughs> It becomes like this checklist where, and this week as I was in this text, I almost heard the Lord say, John, would you put your list down and can we just talk? <laughs> can you imagine sitting at your family table and, and be like every, time, every conversation is the same thing with your dad. Dad, I need, mm -mm -mm. he's like, hey, what's going on with you today? Like, what do you actually need today? And isn't it neat to think, I started thinking through my day, well, actually, Lord, could you give me wisdom for this decision that I'm trying to make? And could you give me a little extra love for this conflict over here? And Lord, could you provide a very real empowering that, that I don't know how I'm going to get through these, uh, this situation and Lord, would you give me this? And would you provide this? And it, it takes on a whole different flavor. Still, um, it's good to pray regularly for things that we know we need. But this is a call into his presence to talk about what do I need today. 
But here comes the doubt. Will the Father really provide? Like, we can't see Him, and we don't hear Him, and, you know, will He really provide? And you get that little doubt. Will, will, will the God really provide? And Jesus says, all right, let me, let me show you the Father's heart. And what comes next is really neat. And we, we feel the burden of Jesus here is really for us to understand who we're praying to, who we're talking to, and the Father's heart in the rest of this text. Verse 5, Jesus tells a story. He says, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to, to offer him. Now, to us, this may not be a huge deal, but to this culture, it's a shame-honor culture, and to not have food to serve a guest who had arrived is just a, oh man, emergency. And so he goes knocking on his friend's door at night. But suppose the friend inside says, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. They usually slept in one room around the, the stove or whatever. And when the kids are down, everybody's down and you just don't get up. And he's like, go away. I can't get up right now. Verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, even though you're friends, yet because of your shameless audacity, or your, it's the only time this word is used in the the Bible, it's the idea of somebody that doesn't have a sense of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, he just keeps standing there knocking at the door. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, here's his point. So I say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What is God calling us to in this text? It's here. As we see these three imperatives, ask, seek, and knock, these are commands that are in the present active tense, verbs that, that call us to a continual asking, a continual knocking, and a seeking. God's saying here, as we follow Him, really, this life is a journey through need after need after need that are, that's beyond us, especially as we think about what God's called us to as we serve Him. It's beyond us, but as His followers be quick to ask our Father. Just be asking, be asking, be asking. Because when you do, this friend, look at the guy. He's, he didn't get up because of friendship, but he's going to get up. And how much greater is our Father's love and His faithfulness to get up and to, uh, to provide for us? So be asking. The, uh, he goes on, though. And he says, which of you, Father? So when he says Father here, that connects us back to when he said, as we pray, pray, Father. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? And you just feel the shock in the tail. What? A snake? Who's going to do that? No one, never. And then he says, or if he asks for an egg. So Scrambled egg, or uh, we'll say omelet egg. Can, Dad, can I have an omelet egg? We'll give him a scorpion on that plate. Like, who's going to do that? No one, never. But then Jesus draws it, brings it home. He says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your Father in heaven give? What's the Lord want us to know here? You guys, you're evil. Like, hey, Jesus, can you back that word down a little bit? (laughs) It speaks the truth. He's right, right? We have broken hearts and we struggle. But even being broken as we are, evil as we are, what are we going to do on Christmas? Dad, what's the joy of your life? Not just to give your kid a fish or an egg, but it's to surprise them with something far greater. And the Lord's saying, if you fathers and do this, how much more will your Father in heaven give you? Like, how generous is our Father in heaven? He is holy in His generosity. There is no one more generous than Him in the universe. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, James tells us. Every good thing. And it's His delight to give us more and more and more. Every good thing we've experienced. Paul is almost singing by the time he gets to Romans chapter 8, verse 31, where he says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? As you come to the Father, meet with him for your daily meeting, and you look at your plate and it's empty. He says, ask But remember who you're asking, the one who, picture the the most wonderful ending to your life story. Picture the most, can you see it, like, or, or that first step into heaven. What would be the most, just like, blow you away, make you dance, make you cry, make you sing, hallelujah, glory. What would be the most wonderful ending to your story in Christ? Now, what's God tell us in 1 Corinthians 2, 9? No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind conceived. What God has prepared for those who love Him. However wonderful you picture the end of your life in Christ, it's going to be infinitely better. <laughs> but the Spirit reveals this to us. He, he gives us these hints. So how are you going to ask? When you go to the Father and you have an empty plate, Ask big. Ask according to his will. Ask, but ask. And ask in expectation, knowing his heart is more generous than the most generous person you've ever met. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? If you, evil fathers, give these good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven? But there's more. And here it comes. And Jesus throws us a, a bit of a, A curveball right here. As he says, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I don't know about you, but the first time I read that, I was like, what? I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like, how much more will your Father give you? Not just one egg. He's going to give you a chicken farm. Or, Or how much more will your Father not just give you like a fish? Your father's going to give you a brand new fishing boat, right? (laughs) But Jesus jumps categories here. It's like, the Holy Spirit? Okay. Why the Holy Spirit? 
And so you have to ask, what, if, if you could summarize the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us in a phrase, what would that ministry be? Well, there's a clue, and we have to be careful with parables because there, Jesus told parables to make really one point, and so you have to be careful about pressing a lot of meaning out of a parable. But uh, a guy named George Morrison, scholar, pointed something out to me this week that I think he's on to something. When the guy came to his friend needing something, what was driving him to ask the, his friend for, for help? What was his lack? What was his empty plate? Back to the story. Was that guy asking for his own plate to be filled? No. The guy who went knocking on his neighbor's door already had supper. He was full. Who was he asking for? somebody else's need, and that other person's need created a surprising lack of resources for him. He didn't have the stuff in his cabinet to help his friend. So what did he do? He went asking for help. And what did Jesus do? He says, hey guys, when you lack, ask the Father, He will provide. What's the number one ministry of the Holy Spirit? If you summarized all the ministries of the Holy Spirit, what's the number one ministry of the Holy Spirit? Acts 1.8. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to go be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit is given to the people of God to accomplish the good works God created us to accomplish. Have you ever been in a moment as you follow Christ where you don't have the resources in and of yourself to help the person around you, whether it be your child, whether it be a friend you're trying to help, whether it be a need out there, whether it be part of your unique life mission, and you're like, I got nothing in the cabinet, I got nothing in the cupboard, I'm empty, I'm out of gas, I'm tired, I have no more wisdom. Mom, have you felt that as you're trying to help your child? Dad, as you're trying to love your wife? Whatever it may be, you lack the resources to be what you know God wants you to be in this situation. What do you do? Your plate's empty. You go to the Father, and what does He provide? Not just a fish or an egg. He gives you His empowering presence, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And in our weakness... He is strong, and He shows up and does what only He can do as we rely on Him. Isn't that an awesome picture? He is faithful. Not only does our Father give us enough for our plate, He gives us enough on our plate to share with those around us as, as the needs arise. But He does this as we ask. All right. Step three, then, as we kneel before our Lord, as we, and this is meant to be like a daily, and even throughout the daytime, we kneel before Him as our Savior, our King, but as we come to step three, this is where we take our place at our Father's table, and we ask Him for what we need. The, uh, just encourage you this morning, uh, the takeaway, as you, even in these moments, where, what do you lack this morning? What resources do you lack in these moments? I think about what the Father gives to us. Is he gives quarters after quarters, right? Every good and perfect gift. And he's given us so much. Every time we have an empty plate, we ask, he provides more than enough. 
And it moves you at some point to say, um, I got to get up from this table and go hug my father <laughs> and give back, you know. But what do you give to someone who, who has it all? What, what do you give to, to him? And the only thing we have to give is our love, right? What does he desire? And as I thought about the heart of a father and mom, you, you want to be with your kids. You just want to be with them, right? And this Christmas, I thought, what, in what way could we just go be with our father in a way that would bless his heart? Is it possible to surprise God? <laughs> There's a theological question for you. <laughs> Is it possible to surprise God? I don't know. But I was just nudged. I want to go surprise God with my love for him on Christmas Day. And just to somehow tell him, out of the ordinary, I got a bag of quarters. All the You've been giving me, I want to just give something back to you. And thank you for your love for me. So the call today is to ask to meet with him and to see his heart, that he is a God that loves you as, as a child, but then to uh, respond in, in love to him. And so let's uh, go ahead and go to him in prayer. Father, we, we kneel before you or we take our place at your table and we thank you that we can call you Abba through you giving your son for us through giving the Holy Spirit to us that helps us know we're your child and just keeps us walking back into your presence. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful, that you are so generous. And so we just look at our plate today and we, uh, we ask you for help in what we lack. And in, in this moment, just go ahead and share with the Father what you lack. Father, as we look into your eyes, we see the eyes of, we see your immeasurable love for us. We hear you beckoning us home and into an eternity that the joy and the, the love and the, the hope and the laughter of it all, our minds we know cannot even comprehend right now. We thank you for preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies in this place of darkness and even as we feel the forces of evil around us to know that we can still gather with you and feast and celebrate and, and receive just what we need. Thank you for providing our daily bread and in every category that we lack. We love you and we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.